Welcome back to the Siloam Plus Podcast. My name is Josh Watford, and across the desk from me is... John Nicholson's here again. You are a creature, John Nicholson. <laughs> Thank you. You're, you're not the first person who's told me that. <laughs> when, when, but for what it's worth, so are you. <laughs> when, 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 I, when I hear the word creature, though, I think of the creature from the Black Lagoon. Did you ever read that book? Never read the book, but saw the movie. And I will tell you, it terrified Jeremy as a child. That was just one of those yeah. funny memories that we have. And we threaten him with that movie every now and then. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's when it comes to mind, like last podcast, mm-hmm. we talked about the word forever. Right. I think of Sandlot. Right. When I think of creature, I think creature from Black Lagoon. Why that's the case, I have no clue. Uh, but oh now that we've already kind of... Pretty good movie, though, I yeah, tell you. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, uh, now that we've kind of already introduced what we're talking about, we are working through the doxology. Yep. And the sermons are done. Uh, hopefully you can go back and listen to those sermons. Uh, Casey's working on getting all those up in her app. Right. Uh, so go and check those out. But also, we're working through the podcast on the doxology. And last time, we talked about praise God from whom all blessings flow. We talked about praising God, and we talked about blessings and what it means to be blessed and such. Uh, And And the surety that that he is lavish that it's yeah that's the reason that we praise him because it's not that we're begging him for stuff we're just thanking him for all the yep. good that he just pours out day after day that's, that's right good stuff that's right and so the next makes me want to go back and listen to the last podcast again yeah anyway. we probably should we probably need to listen to our podcast so that we can i don't listen to them right um, oh, but maybe we can tweak them a little bit but this time we're talking about praise him all creatures here below yeah and yeah, that word creature, that's what we were picking up on <laughs> earlier. Uh, but yeah, so creatures here below, what, what, is, what are the creatures here below, John? You know, it, it's all created things, I think. Uh, when we start uh, processing that and you know, when we reach back, in my mind, it immediately races back to Genesis 1 and 2, those creation stories. And you know, the, the beautiful relationship that is created by God, and that's the way it should be. And then, of course, Genesis 3 rolls along, and we see that disruption that occurs because of sin. And it's not just the, the disruption between the relationship with God and man, but man's sin disrupts the entirety of creation. That's right. Relationship. Paul picks up on this in Romans, obviously, where it speaks of creation groaning and waiting for uh, that time of restoration. And uh, so, you know, when we come to that line in our doxology, when we sing, and again, these are glory words. These are, as my contention in the sermon series was, the doxology flows out of theology. When we start mm-hmm. thinking about this, when we start putting our minds to this and thinking about that relationship, with God, it, it leads us naturally to praise. Yeah. And so our call to worship is we're calling, we're literally instructing creation to worship. The interesting thing is, it's already doing it. Yeah. We're the ones that need the reminder pretty often. Yeah. Creation is there to remind us of creation. Yeah. Of that praise, and so in our kind of our pre-talk, right. in our planning session, yes, our deep, deep preparation for these conversations, <laughs> we, we were kind of talking about okay, well, in this line, when we say creatures here below, we are talking about humans, sure, and the rest of creation as well. And so, uh, when we're talking about humans, we are saying to one another, particularly when we're 
singing the song sure. in the sanctuary, we're looking at one another and telling one another, praise God. Yeah, you should be praising God. You should be praising God. And hopefully, you know, we're doing this with our life uh, throughout the week. Right. However, uh, that's not always the case. And we know that's not always the case with everyone. Sure. You know, you we experience that. Firsthand. You experience that firsthand. You turn on the news. You see that that's the case all over the globe, um, and it's it's almost as if John, we need to take cues from the rest of creation. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, now the rest of creation is broken, like we are, but in a different sense, um, and so it oftentimes helps us. To under to look at the rest of creation and see how it is faithfully praising God, day in and day out, constantly, and we take our cues from them. Right, right. You know, and it's along that line. Um, a couple of Sundays ago, when we were out in the Grove, actually, I mentioned uh, some scientific work being done by a fellow by the name of George David George Haskell. He's a, a, a biologist by trade, um, but he's written a book. He's written several books, but one that got my attention, I actually have a copy of it here with me, uh, is called The Songs of Trees. And he's spent years of his life visiting some particular trees and just observing uh, the life that is occurring in and around those trees and the impacts and all. I mean, it's, and it's really incredible and amazing. Um, and, and just his wonder uh, his amazement uh, that that uh, shines through in his writing about these things is is really startling, and you know it, it's made me slow my uh, my peregrinations, my walks around town. It's made me slow my walks down a little bit more just to observe uh, what is going on, what kind of life is happening in that tree. And he, I mean, he's getting down to microbial levels. That's, you know, that's beyond my, my thing. But, but it's really incredible. He has, as a scientist and as, you know, from everything I'm able to tell, as a non-believer so far, uh, there may become a surprise. I'm hopeful for that because it's really been kind of heartbreaking. He has this incredible wonder, but he has nobody to thank for it. Yeah. And there's this one passage, I was just going to read it, and just as a, a point of contrast, he talks about the forest. He says, the forest, including its human inhabitants, is unified but this is not a union of what were separate parts we exist from the start in spiritual relationship he acknowledges this but he has no and and, and there are other points in the in the um, course of the text i'm not quite through with it yet but there are other points where he's just he's grasping for this he, he realizes there is something more but he just he, he has no he has no reference he has no frame yeah he has no one to praise to go back to our con, mm-hmm. our, our point of doxology. He knows there is something that is wonderful that is really transcendent. He's he's getting at that, and his writing reflects that. This was written in 2018. Okay, by contrast, and this was just a one of those wonderful uh, serendipity moments. I've picked up a a book called The Travels of William Bartram. I'm hoping to walk the Bartram Trail in late, late October, so I just wanted to kind of see what it was that he saw. Yeah. Uh, and he wrote this in 1791. Just to give you a, a, a sense, again, William Bartram was a naturalist. He was a scientist by trade. That was what he did. And he is seeing this wonder of creation. And here are his thoughts. Remember, 
Haskell is saying there's this unity there. There's a spiritual relationship there, but he can't identify it. Here's what Bartram says. All right. Uh, he says, how wonderful is the mechanism of these finely formed, self-moving beings? How complicated their system, yet what unerring uniformity prevails through every tribe and particular species, talking about birds and that sort of thing. He said, we admire the mechanism of a watch and the fabric of a piece of brocade as being the production of art. These merit our admiration and must excite our esteem for the ingenious artist or modifier. But nature is the work of God omnipotent. And an elephant, nay, even this world, is comparatively but a very minute part of his works. If then the visible, the mechanical part of the animal creation, the mere material part, is so admirably beautiful, harmonious, and incomprehensible, what must be the intellectual system, that inexpressibly more essential principle which secretly operates within, that which animates the inimitable machines, which gives them motion, empowers them to act, speak, and perform? This must be divine and immortal. That's good. Oh, it is. It's beautiful. And, you know, he goes on, and that's not an unusual kind of refrain as he's talking about the different species and, and class of the things that he's seeing, you know, and he's describing yeah. them. But he is acknowledging and giving praise. He's almost evangelical in his zeal as a scientist to point people to there's something more that's here. Yeah. Haskell sees it. He just doesn't know what to point to. Uh, I love, now I have never went on sure. any kind of real nature exploratory missions like these guys probably yeah, yeah. have, uh, but I do like watching Planet Earth. There you, there you go. Uh, and other nature documentaries, particularly David Atterbury, yeah. uh, I just love his voice. Yeah. So basically anything that he does, I like watching. And it, you know they're sitting there and talking about everything going on with these animals and are grasping for words to talk about how awesome it is. And I'm just sitting there saying, God, you're really cool. Praise God. Yeah. <laughs> like, All creatures just, here below. Just creative. Yeah. Right? And it's not that he created one way of uh, of being a living being, but, you know, you think about trees and, you know, they are, they are not alive in the sense that we are alive, but they are in some sense alive. Very much so. Along with grass and bushes and flowers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> and, but, you know, then you look at penguins. Then, <laughs> you know, then you look at platypi. Right. And you look at kangaroos and you look at all of these different ways of being a living being and each of them essentially worshiping God in some way. Yeah. Following their instincts and doing the things that God created them to do. Yeah. And man, it's just it's fascinating. It absolutely is, and it's a beautiful picture. Gerald Manley Hopkins uh, wrote a poem called "As Kingfishers Catch Fire," and he had, he's getting at that what you're exactly talking about there. That you know, this kingfisher, you know, it, it catches fire in the sunlight, glinting off of his wings. Is the idea mm-hmm. that's there, and and just talking about that, it's fulfilling. To use the Greek word, is fulfilling its telos, its purpose, what it was created yeah. for, and how beautifully that reflects on the Creator. And ultimately, Hopkins in that poem comes to the fact that we as human beings, and even in our imperfection, uh, he, he talks about it being Christ playing in 10,000 faces, or 10,000 places, I think is the, yeah. the, the phrase, that, that we are, we're fulfilling some of those, even in our brokenness. Um, as particularly as followers of Christ, we are we are having that opportunity to reflect 
what we what were we created for? Mm-hmm. What were we created to do? And it was to praise God, just in the doing and the living of our life in the way that we were created to be. And so this call to worship, this praise God, uh, all creatures here below, it's to remind us, I, I think, to ground us in some ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is yep. getting back to my in-the-dirt theology. Uh, because sometimes, not sometimes, I think all too often we, we think of spiritual matters as something otherworldly or something that's out there when it is very much grounded right here. It's that restoration of the Edenic idea that we are going to uh, uh, be able to see God and, and, and His creation together as of a piece. Now, I, I do think that, that by calling all creatures here below, that includes us, Mm-hmm. But then when we walk out of the door of the sanctuary or, you know, my morning experience at my house is I walk out my back door, letting the dogs out and going to feed the chickens and all that. My rooster is firing off this huge joyful, you know, and it, it, it but it's this almost it's a call to worship for me. You know, he's out yep. here singing joyful songs to God. The only time I don't like him, y'all have heard me talk about this, is <laughs> during the, the during Holy Week, because I know there's a rooster crow that talks yep. about denial and betrayal. And, uh, you know, I, I feel that. But, you know, most of the time it's this great joy. And there's this chorus of birds and, you know, this time of year with growing things and blooming things. I mean, all creation, as one of the hymns says, all creation sings and round me rings the music of the spheres and boy you know you get me thinking music of the spheres you know the scientific stuff that they're discovering that there is this if you will this universal music that's out there and they're figuring and it's you know it's just amazing I, I, i get all worked up but that grounds it it's not that our worship our praise is something that transports us somewhere else it grounds us right here in life where we're living it today and i'm gonna roll the garbage can out to the end of the road and it can be an act of worship yeah how incredible so uh we in bible class today we just finished revelation it's a good place to be and uh in the book of revelation you got in chapter five this is when the lamb takes the scroll it's in verse 13. And I heard every creature in heaven. Mm-hmm. All right, so we'll talk about that next time. Yeah, yeah. Every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb to be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And this is a moment where literally all of creation in heaven, on earth, under the earth, in the sea, everywhere, every single creature is crying out to the Lamb, blessing and honor and praise and glory. And you know, it kind of, let's let's just pause for just a second okay. and and say that just it seems kind of weird, right? Fishes or fish, <laughs> fish the plural there. Yeah. Uh, fish are singing octopus. Or octopi. Octopi. I, I'm working on my plurals <laughs> today, apparently. Octopi. You started are, off so well with platypi. Yeah, I was I proud know, of that. I know. Uh, <laughs> octopi are screaming out the praise of Jesus. This isn't just some nebulous understanding of some creator, higher being that these creatures have. They are singing to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Now, I don't know. Is that like? Are they actually saying those words or whatnot? I don't. I don't know. 
but it seems to be that's what this is depicting here. And here's a moment. Oh, what, what I'm getting at this is that here's a moment in Scripture, this culmination of Jesus being the slain lamb, and he is now taken the scroll from God's right hand, and he is now going to begin salvation history. Yeah. And all of creation just breaks uh, uh, just the normal everything that they typically do and pause and praise praises God explicitly here. That's just... That's a moment. On his way into Jerusalem, Jesus says, look, if they don't praise me, the rocks will cry the out. The rocks will cry out. There is, and like I say, it's a fascinating thing. I, I follow enough science, and I am not a scientist, okay, but I follow enough science, and they are they're finding these these relationships, these, as Haskell says, these spiritual relationships, whether it's on biology or chemical or nuclear or, you know, whatever, and they're finding that there's this incredible deep relatedness, and there is, if you will, music that is created out of that, but they don't have any place to put it. What is described there in Revelation 5 is exactly what's happening. Is there a language that octopi have for praising God? I do believe yes. <laughs> I guess so. And Haskell with the songs of trees that they have their own distinctive, if you will, sound. Yeah. They have a song. It's all going to be, and it was all created originally, purposefully, for God's glory. And once it's all restored, what an incredible worship service that's going to be. Yeah. And the invitation, the instruction that we're giving to creation to remind it, yes, we know you're broken, but praise God. But very often it is reminding us in our brokenness. And I think one of those things that it does for me week in and week out is to slow my life down enough to listen to the praise of creation, to observe it in the beautiful, very temporary bloom of a flower, yeah. but the creative beauty of that, uh, to, to note the the interconnections and relationships that are existing in creation. And what are they doing? They're all fulfilling their purpose for the creator. What's my role in that? And how do I relate to them? How do I plug myself in and we can we could get real you know hippie and tree hugging and that sort of thing but it's not far off that every part of life is sacred not just my life as a human being yeah. but every life that I engage with everything that I encounter in this world has sacred value before God yeah and can lead me to praise him and I can lead it hopefully to praise him right and so I, I think our our difference would be is saying that we are certainly trees and humans are not equal right. in value. Uh, and trees aren't, there's not actual spirit living within the trees. But I think that's clear what you've said, that they have a, a, a sacred value because of what their role is yeah. before God. They are to praise as... Um, in different ways than we are, but they they still have that purpose. Absolutely, to praise. Yeah, in our in our deep preparation for this uh, conversation, you know, one of the things that we talked about was the fact in Genesis one and two that the creation of creatures, and we are creatures, as you began uh, our conversation here. The only real difference between us and, and the other animals is that we are created in the image of God. Right. The the, the animating principle, if you will, the nefesh. Uh, is the same. It's the very same Hebrew word, 
uh, for animals and for humans, if you will. Mm -hmm. But we are created in God's image. We have this opportunity to tell the other animals, come on, praise God. Yep. From whom my blessings flow. All right. So here's the question that's burning on everybody's Burn mind right that now. that question, man. Do dogs go to heaven? You know, I have to believe yes. There's those beautiful passages in Isaiah where it talks about that there will be creatures in that future kingdom. So is it my dog? I don't know that. But do I believe there will be animals? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, you know, just because there's, quote, a coming heaven doesn't mean that all the other things of this earth go away. In fact, you know, and y'all heard me talk about this, and I, I kind of harp on it quite a bit there in Revelation 20. Jesus says, Behold, I make all things new, not I make all new things. It's not that he's erasing all that. He's just fixing the old, putting it back to where it should be. And we get to experience it in its yep. beautiful fullness. What a great, great moment that's going to be. There's at least a tree there. Yeah, well, there's at least a tree. Well, and like I say from the Isaiah passage, we know there's a snake hole that a kid's going to be playing over. I'm still yep. not sure about that, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but John, we're right at about time. This Any is other great. thoughts um, and I, comments? My only thought with that is, as, as we say, you know, it's an opportunity for us to remember as we walk out the doors of that sanctuary. As you hum, because that's one of those tunes that just plays in my head and it reminds me. But maybe just to slow down, take note of creation. Is it already? In, is it inviting you to praise, or is there a way with your interaction with God's creation? We're called to be stewards. We're given that responsibility, as you know, as God's created uh, partners in caring for the garden, if you will. Yeah. Uh, how do we help creation sing? How do we take care of it? Picking up some garbage, you know, picking up, you know, taking care of God's creation helps it sing. Right. And so it's an invitation for us to praise God, but also for us to engage it in praising God. That's good. I think right. so. Well, next time we'll talk about angels and other heaven, heaven All those creatures above. That'll be yep. an interesting notion. Yep, that'll be great. All right. All right. Until next time. Later.